Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to There Are No Good Games. This is season two, episode four. Um, this is a podcast where we like to try and convince Bloodtick that there are good games out in the world, while he tries to convince myself, Lost Hope, and Joe Redmond that there are no good games out there. Please note this game is that this podcast is a little bit of fun and jiggery pokery and not to be taken too seriously. How are we all doing this evening, uh, everyone? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. Looking forward to chatting about these games. Uh, so yeah, we should be good. Three games, three scores. That's what we're here to do. Yeah, I, I think that's absolutely fair. Before we jump into that, I have a little bit of news just regarding Digital Dungeon is as a whole. We've got um, we've sort of modified our release schedule uh, going forward. If any of you watchers are watching us on YouTube as well. Uh, where instead of releasing two, sometimes three videos a week, we've actually dropped that down to one video every two weeks. Now, that's just because we're currently uh, going through some changes of our editing style, currently changing uh, a lot of our content release schedule, and basically just trying to make better quality content going forward. And then once we've nailed that to one quality video every two weeks, then maybe that will become one every week so on and so forth um, so if you're watching uh, listening to this one on the day it comes out the next uh youtube video for digital dungeoneers will drop on the 2nd of april um our content's going to be a lot leaning a bit away from the series based stuff that we've got going on we'll still have some series running like the gears of war series i'm so sure we'll still keep going until it's done uh unless lost hopes got tired of me dragging him through that game um and we're trying to focus on some one-off little fun gameplay videos as well um without any further ado uh let's watch the trailer for call of duty 4 modern warfare so that was the trailer for call of duty 4 modern warfare uh thoughts on the trailer it was quite interesting to watch a call of duty trailer that was just focusing on story like i haven't watched that in a long long while where it was just a trailer focusing on the plot of the upcoming story mode the campaign mode uh but i think it was a good trailer showed off i didn't think it showed off too much gameplay it showed the off uh all of it was in engine footage but um it didn't seem to show up show much gameplay itself i mean obviously cod 4 was a game changer in terms of the era it looked at so obviously instead of looking at world war 2 it then went straight to you know actual modern day so obviously the trailer's probably trying to show off as much stuff as possible with all that the new guns you know like kind of like the real life like terrain everything like that that we see day to day and so obviously that's that's why it probably has quite an extreme focus on it um obviously as we know the multiplayer is everything in call of duty um and the story has been good you know like we look at cod 4 I would say COD 4 set a really good framework for the future of COD games in terms of the story that they had. Um, so I think the trailer does really well at showing that off uh, for the actual game itself. Yeah, no, I think it kind of gave you like a holistic view of what to expect in the game. Desert Warfare, a little bit of sniping, just everything you can realistically want here. So yeah, I think the trailer did a good idea. Like you guys kind of said, just echoing it, it would have been good to at least see some gameplay for out there. So yeah. <clears throat> uh let's talk about oh go for it i was just say yeah i think um in terms of moving on to talking about the game itself like 
the thing is with this Call of Duty, in a good and a bad way, it sort of defined first-person shooters for the next ten, like ten years. Like most first-person shooters, especially Call of Duty's, all copied this formula in terms of online and the campaign. Granted, like this was when the ca- the game you could pick up Call of Duty and just play the campaign and still have great fun. Like this was back then where you, you could buy the campaign, play it through, have it for split screen, and still feel like I got my money's worth out of this game. Probably can't do that in today's modern Call of Duties, but even still, you know, this game not only set the course for the future Call of Duties, but the future first-person shooters in terms of, you know, uh, class-based systems, um, unlocks, prestiging, all that sort of stuff all come from Call of Duty 4. Yeah, no, I, I think it's absolutely fair. Like, I think, like you probably said, this this was like one of the... I'd say penultimate uh, Call of Duty to actually have like a decent storyline to it, um, and then like you said with the multiplayer, they they added gun customization through the roof, like adding silencers, different scopes, lasers, all that sort of stuff. And like you said, it's just been like that ever since. Um, you still got the really kind of smallish maps and stuff like that as well, which are kind of being used in all the Call of Duty games going forward. Um, and you kind of had the same cast of characters now in this Modern Warfare that you have across the rest of them as well. So. Yeah, I think it did a lot for the time, but it didn't really push much going forward, if that makes sense. And they also I mean, did kill streaks as well, didn't they? Battle- oh, sorry, I was going to say Battlefield 2 obviously came well before this game. So, you know, the, the actual concept of building a modern day um, shooter really came from uh, the Battlefield. And clearly, if Battlefield 2 worked mm-hmm. so well, I don't, you know, if it didn't work so well, I don't think we would have had a COD 4. Mm. No, I think that's fair. I think the issue is Battlefield's a little bit... So th- this is my conception of it, at least, or my understanding. Um, playing Battlefield, a lot of people didn't really like it because it was a little bit too open world. You can get shot from too many places. You kind of have a ro- role to fulfill. While well, Call of Duty is kind of the game that you can sit down with your friends and play for like 15, 20 minutes and just quickly go around and shoot each other with assault rifles. Sure, but the, the scenario, obviously, before Battlefield 2, um, you obviously had... Uh, Battlefield 1942 and then Battlefield mm. Vietnam so obviously that's on that side and then for COD you had COD 1, 2 and 3 which are all based non-modern day as well so what I'm saying is although obviously Battlefield is a very different game um, and also was only available on Windows Battlefield mm. 2 um, obviously the the era showed that people want modern day shooters rather than the historical uh, shooters that we had before oh, okay yeah I get you now that's fair enough but I think, obviously, looking at COD as a game, you know, the multiplayer, I think we should maybe shift towards that, obviously, because that is where, you know, we've talked about our story so so far. Obviously, you've got some really classic maps in COD 4. Shipment, one of the most famous COD 4 maps, I think, you know, there's no real... I don't think there's a, there's a comparison, really, to Shipment, I think. Um, just the way you could easily play 1v1s, 2v2s on it made it a lot of fun. Um, obviously a lot of the other maps you know they were really good scale there's a lot of kind of good you could camp in different places which is Call of Duty so obviously um, I think it's set a really good as you say uh, the the size of the maps the kind of style of the maps this was where it all kind of began for the future Um, and you know uh, obviously they remastered it fairly recently to now that's obviously because of again its popularity and because ultimately it could be one of the best 
uh, Call of Duties has ever been, and that's why that's why they did it. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, completely agree. They also introduced the perk system and the kill streaks. I'm, I'm not sure if that was fully called out or not. I um, think kill streaks existed in some form. No, actually, I World of War. Back. You're right. I think maybe World, World War. They were in World at War, but World at War came out after four, as we discussed before the podcast, because I kept getting confused. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think this might be the first one with kill streaks. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I think what they did really well is like it was it was a fun, easy game to kind of play. They had a nice break up in terms of missions and stuff like that as well. If I remember correctly, this is the yeah, it has the amazing post campaign mission where you're in the airplane. Oh yeah. Yeah, they had they had some really good missions. Like they had they had honestly like a great breadth of missions. They had nukes. They had like shooting. They had snipers. That like I said, I think overall it was a really really strong single player experience. Multiplayer wise, I think it did really well. Um, I really enjoyed it. The fact you had to level up and gain more experience and more abilities was really good. Um, I remember playing this at school for a lot of people. Um, or having it on our laptops, uh, playing it before like um classes and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it it's got a lot of good memories for me. And honestly, I think it's a really really strong multiplayer experience it's not it's not that hard to kind of set up a game play a couple of friends and maybe host a match which i think realistically is what you want in a shooter game right yeah i mean but this in terms of the multiplayer this had that early the early grinding experience that i really miss from these sort of games uh today where like you know the longer you played the more level ups you got the better this the better that you got as opposed to you know, or you've leveled up, now you can open this loot box. You know, you felt like you earned the stuff you got to. You felt, yeah, I'm at level 75, I've got the AK now, or whatever. I've prestiged 10 times, look at this little badge next to my name. Like, you know, it was all little stuff, but it actually felt like you grinded and it was worth it if you weren't joining, you know, the prestige lobbies and what have you, if you accidentally stumbled into one of those. Um, Going back to the, the Battlefield Call of Duty thing briefly, I think this game really opened up social, ca more casual first-person shooters, especially in that modern setting. Because before, all the modern stuff was like, I don't want to touch that. It's so... Personally, I prefer Battlefield Call of Duty, but even the newer ones. But I um, I get why Battlefield did scare people off. They were like, it seems it's too big, it's too much, it's too almost too real a lot of the time it was like, i don't want to get shot twice and die i'd rather play call of duty and that it developed it made that alternative for a more social easier game to pick up and play uh other than battlefield where you've got to think about bullet drop and all things like that so um you know i think this made this made sort of first person shooters that so more sociable pick up and play uh especially someone like myself who was a console player like this was that con this was the one of the big console first person shooters at the time i think if you look at it i mean if you let's bring counter-strike into the mix as well as shooters yeah. i think you you could say uh you know cod counter-strike and battlefield are kind of like the holy trinity of shooters but but modern day um i think obviously counter-strike you've got because you've got a five person competitive game and it's it's all about the competitive mindset. That's what the maps are built for. Um, I mean, you look at some things that have been the Call of Duty uh, kind of series. There's a lot of questionable things that make sure it's definitely not competitive. Um, and so you've got that. So CODs, again, I think something you can play with your friends. You can play against your friends, multiple you know people. That's what you want. And I would say Battlefield is more based around clan-based gameplay where 
you know you play with your friends you know it's going to be longer games because obviously that's the way they work the maps are bigger there are a lot of bigger checkpoints to go for uh, the games generally long laster uh, longer so i think that's why so i think they're very different games actually and i think in some ways it is unfair to compare them on the multiplayer side of things because they are they're for different types of players and for different types of groups and so you know i played counter-strike uh for many years um at an amateur level um you know on a competitive level and so that obviously was one thing but i wouldn't really i i haven't played a cod in in years since like well world of, world of war or a bit of black ops but that's it you know if i go play cod it's because i'm going to go play the zombies mode i'm not really going to go play the <laughs> multiplayer mode these days um and battlefield you know i haven't touched a battlefield game in quite a while but i would i would love to touch a really good battlefield game if they made another one set in modern day so that's that's what i'm like to do but obviously i would rather do it as like a group of people having a laugh because you're not going to take that too seriously but obviously if i get into a counter-strike match you know i've got to win like there's only one way about it that <laughs> has to happen um uh, but if i was playing you know cod zombies or or battlefield it's really neither here or there it's just having fun with friends um you know and if you're you know in, in counter-strike if you mess around, you're out of the squad. It's the way it works. <laughs> Note yeah. to self, do not play Counter-Strike with Blood Take. I would oh, actually I've love us that. to it's do a blood. Digital Dungeoneers Counter-Strike <laughs> night. I would absolutely love it. We'll get Hellmite in it. It'll be absolute carnage. <laughs> okay. we'd, we'd, we'd all get banned, probably, from just comments of screaming at each other. <laughs> yeah, no, anyway. I, I've done it before. It's, it's, an, it's an interesting one, so yeah. Um, so I guess wrapping up, unless anyone has any final thoughts, no, I'm, no. Getting, I'm getting lots of head shakes. Um, let's talk about scoring then. Uh, Redmond, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. Um, you know, this this Call of Duty is the one that all of the other ones since have been measured against, which I think says a lot. It had that perfect balance of a great campaign and great multiplayer and did a lot for the more casual uh, first-person shooter fan. Uh, so I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 I think Oof. it was uh, you know, a really good game and I would probably still pick it up and play Okay, um, for me I, look, I don't really play that many online shooters A because I'm a bit crap, B because I get really frustrated and super quickly um, I really enjoyed the story for this so, so I'm going to kind of give it its rating review um, really really fun game, lots of different variety of missions which is very hard to do nowadays so I'd probably give it a 7 Blood tick. Okay, so I think for COD, I I, I would arguably say possible. Well, it's a hard one. I mean, like I said, if I'm gonna go play COD, I'm gonna go play zombies mode because it's the only good thing about COD these days, in my opinion. So there's that. But this obviously did not zombies did not exist in this version of COD. However, we're talking multiplayer. There's two ways to go about it. You can either say COD Modern Warfare or COD Black Ops had the best multiplayer. Either one or two of those series uh, had it. Now, I think it's really close. I think maybe Black Ops maybe had better kind of... Uh, I like the story of the single players. I think it was better. But the, the kind of feel of it felt a lot nicer um, and a bit more interesting. So I would say maybe it's a hard one because I, I would like to say Modern Warfare. This is where it all kicked off. And actually, this maybe is where it all kicked off for COD. I think COD 4 is what made COD the way it is now. Um, they deviated quite a bit, but but now uh, this is this is really where the kind of 
mainline um, pod genre started. So I'm going to give it for its kind of positivity there. I think the story could be quite linear and less sandboxy. I'm, I'm really uh, kind of holding up the score here. So I'm, so excited. <laughs> I'm going to give the score. So I think the story mode, although it's good, I think it's dated now. It didn't actually do anything extra, really. It just told a fairly okay story with characters you liked. That's nothing wrong with that. Just a bit too linear, I think, these days. And especially when this actually came out, there already was the sandbox elements of storytelling and it didn't have that kind of choice atmosphere in this. So for that reason, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. Oh, he's back, ladies and gentlemen. He's back. No freeze this episode. Just comes out with a two. I mean, all that hype. I mean, as much as we're saying this, it's still like a lot higher. Either, or I think me and Redman are now throwing off the scores by meeting th- rating things a lot higher to kind of balance. I don't think off. I'm the problem here. I think you two are the problem. <laughs> I'm just like I'm saying how it is. You guys are giving it bloody eights. You don't see me giving so, eights around here, do you? Well, I was going to say, I don't think we've seen you give anything higher than a five yet. I think a five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that gives it a score of a five point five. So that's wait on par. Splitters, Joe. <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, five point five for what a lot of us are saying is quite possibly one of one of, if not the best, Call of Duty, other than Black Ops, quite possibly. You know, I think that's a good score for us, anyway. I think that's oh, yeah, fair. no, agreed. If we're talking best Call of Duty, like we're talking one of the newer ones, it would be quite a low down on that list. To be fair, five point five is a pretty good score for us. Like, yeah, exactly. Currently matching Batman: Arkham uh, City, Red Dead Redemption, Assassin's Creed Two. You know, it's no Little Big Planet, but you know that's fine. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly, and I, yeah, I mean, it's a pretty good score. Okay, um, moving on. Uh, our next game is Civ 6. So let's give the launch trailer a look. So that was Civilization 6. Uh, thoughts on the trailer, guys? Yeah, I mean, in terms of a trailer, it shows zero gameplay. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely uh, zero gameplay. It was Much all like to the do game. With the f- ha- well, <laughs> you, I mean, you can't sh- t- show I- isometric turn-based strategy as an exciting trailer a lot of the time so it was more about the art style uh and shows more of the themes of the game uh i guess is what i would put it was still a pretty well-made epic trailer but yeah absolute zero gameplay at all yeah Yeah. from the trailer i basically um i'm not hyped at all (laughs) no no hype here no okay uh Look, I, I I didn't really like the trailer at all. It kind of gave you an idea. It does that typical thing that like um, Age of Empires did, all that sort of stuff. They show you a lot, but it's nothing like the gameplay at all. So yeah, the trailer's a bit weird. I, I feel uh, like, really, like, if you think about it, the, the the Civilization cinematics, let's go to, like, even, like, looking at Civ Five. like, they're just dull, right? Some guys banging a hammer, like, against something. There's people, like, rolling crates around and stuff like that. It's not interesting. I don't know why they put it in. There's no like, I want to see battle. You know, like, like I want to see Gandhi with right? nukes. Battle, you know, like Vikings. <laughs> Suddenly, Ezio Part Four comes out, right out as a Viking. You know, that's what I want to see. Not this hammer banging against the wall, metal blacksmithing. It's not. In- it's not interesting. Boats. I mean, it's 
I get why they're doing it. It's to show, like, you know, it's civilization. It's not just war. It's, you know, all parts of that. It's the building a massive empire is more about the game than the war aspect itself. So I guess. But yeah, they didn't show any of the combat or any of the epic battles you could be having. It did just show sort of people building. So yeah, I, I think they mean. should show some guy sitting at a computer on a wiki just trying to understand the economy <laughs> of the game, being like, how am I going to get a religion? What landmark am I going to build next? That's really how to play the game. Pretty sure people spend more time on the wiki than they do actually in gameplay at all. Yeah, I can imagine that. Um, I mean... Okay, speaking of gameplay, let's talk about the gameplay itself. Who wants to kick us off? Right, well, uh, there was a comment ooh. earlier, right, about how um, you're like, oh, no gameplay, just like the game, right? Now, yes. Civ Five had a massive multiplayer issue where you played 100 turns and the game crashed, like, even less than that. <laughs> so at least this game doesn't have a disaster <laughs> of a netcode to deserve that. So at least you're actually playing the game for a bit longer. Um, obviously, with every Civ game, you go backwards, Right, and obviously it comes back in expansions. We're in a different phase. Obviously, uh, the original base game kept religion, which was added in Civ Five, um, and so it did take a couple of things. But obviously, there's a couple of things that were missing um, that were added later. But really, you know, I, I guess it's like a Sims game. Yeah, you're not going to expect all the expansion packs from the previous Sims game in the base game. Now, although that's what people want, and yes, the EA have made dif difficult decisions in that game. I think for here, it's the same concept. You can't take everything. And actually, I think the original game would be too complicated if it had everything possibly. If you take everything in every Civ game and dump it into one base game, it's going to be too confusing. And so I, I think that that's, that's a, a fair criticism to give that it lacks some features. But also, in a realistic point of view, you've got to, you've got to look at it from a game developer point of view. It's not going to work. So... Yeah. I like that. I think the characters are good. The animated screens of the characters are cool. Um, the I think the kind of map generation was a bit better in this game compared to Civ Five, in my opinion. I think it's a bit more varied. Um, seems a bit more balanced. I mean, you can still get completely um, you know messed up when you join in and you've already got crabs or something like that. So um, which do give a lot of money. So maybe that's a good thing. So I think yeah, I think it's a better game than Civ Five which is actually going to be you know quite controversial um i think the graphics are better i think the gameplay plays a bit better it feels more modern um so if i had to play with friends now i would go civ 6 not civ 5 okay that's fair enough um yeah i mean you've covered hit most i agree with your point in terms of the stack the staggered release schedule i have all the dlc except the newest stuff uh the monthly rolling stuff i don't actually have a subscription to but i do have the other dlc and civ is one of those games where the base game seems great and then as they add dlc you're like how was i playing before the dlc um so it is a shame it doesn't come with the game but you are right in saying it would be a huge amount of stuff to learn on your first playthrough that would probably just you'd never pick up the game again um full disclosure i currently have 181.2 hours in this game and 300 ish hours in the one before um we need, we need I, another digital dungeoneers night of playing this game again clearly yeah so we can just what team up and wipe out lost hope again unfortunately yeah. you've already revealed your favorite streamer is um spiffing blitz so you already know all the exploits already oh yeah money so there's no way i'm playing with you 
Yeah, I know you just hit religion and click escape at the same time, and it just doubles up whatever you're gonna do. Um, so yeah, the game is kind of buggy. It has its own little bugs and quirks, especially the new DLC is completely broken. Uh, but I absolutely love this as a game series. It is such a fun game to just put on and play. That one more turn gameplay is real. The amount of time I've spent going into early hours in the morning just doing one more turn, one more turn, one more turn, and you're here for six more hours. You know, it's a fantastic game. The history, the, the amount of work and design that goes into the character, the, the design of the character, sorry. Um, little things that like they all speak the languages that they're from and it's all teeny little things like that that really make this game interesting um there are is a great debate between which one's better civ 5 and civ 6 i think civ 6 adds a hell of a lot of things that civ 5 needed um i feel like it did take out some of the little things that really added some charm for me anyway like in civ 5 if you were playing as a certain group of people all the music you would hear through your playthrough would be the music of that culture through the ages while in civ 6 it's all the music of all the civs that you're playing on the map once and i really quite like that like you're playing as japan you're listening to early japanese music as it gets more and more and more like that so and then you'd get big orchestras towards the end in the modern era um but no i i, I think i love this, i love this, these games uh, i've played everyone um even the sid Mears civilization revolution uh, the one that's probably made for kids mm. and um uh i just think it you can't this is like the ultimate like world building like game basically i mean let's not forget the actual best civ game which is civilization beyond earth so oh, just no. make sure to balance out our topics about how good that game was mm. <laughs> i mean i'm, I'm gonna be honest here guys <clears throat> Civ is a lot like Monopoly. You spend a lot of time playing it, and at the very start, you know if you're going to win or lose. To be completely honest, sounds like you're honest. salty at losing money in Monopoly. That's what it sounds yeah. like. <laughs> um, well, maybe you should get good or something. You know. Oh, like, dude, don't, like I'm going to be honest here. It's it's a lot to try and handle in your first couple of games. Like there is a lot of shit flying left, right, and center, especially when there's two warring countries between you and you're just like poor Poland getting ran over by like two countries threatened by America to be nuked or threatened by the other country to be like wiped out. This has <laughs> happened. I don't remember this. This doesn't make any sense. All I, rem all I remember was some guy coming to spread his religion over near me. I told him no and then we went to war. That's all I remember happening. Look. While America was finding oil, that's what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, it's it, it's it's a good game. I couldn't play by myself, honestly. I think I'd rather sand my own face off than play this game by myself. It's definitely a group most play game for me. Um, or it'd have to be like a flight game where you kind of sit there for six to eight hours playing this game over a flight, seeing how far you can get into it. But it's it's not my cup of tea. Um, I still think for f is it Sid Meier's who does this? Yeah. Um, he also does. It, this is for Axis, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I prefer XCOM as my favorite isometric turn-based game. I can just imagine you know, on a fight and a uh, flight, and you just basically be there like playing, and then suddenly you shout out on the plane, <laughs> Gandhi. You know, like that's basically. Like, I mean, like that's what I can see happening. You know. Look, man, nuclear Gandhi is real. Okay, you know he yeah. comes from a bug in the game's code. I'm sure I don't need to yes, tell you. Yes. No. That. No. Yeah. Yeah. Course, yeah. It's fantastic. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, any any so you you don't like the game? Is that what you're saying? 
I, I like the social experience. I don't like the game. Okay. Okay. I would I would say it's just it's 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 one of those games. It's challenging to get into, but I think once you get it, and you get that bite of winning like a couple of cities or whatever it is, like you you're just hooked. Like the first, I played Civ Five for about three hundred hours, jumped into Civ Six and was getting my absolute butt kicked. But you do like three or four playthroughs where you completely suck, and then on your sixth one, you're like. I remember I need this or I need to do this or this is something good to focus on or what have you and then you've got it and then you just run with it Um, that's my advice to anyone listening so just go on on the wiki that's how you win spend years reading a wiki or you can do that or watch all the spiffing brits uh, videos because they're great (laughs) we're not sponsored by spiffing um so scores for this lovely world developed game uh i would struggle to give this game anything less than a nine out of ten i i, mean... I think it's fantastic i think it's it is fantastic brilliant game i've sunk i've spent x amount of money on it and i feel each and every penny has been paid has been worth it i think it's a fantastic game um you know the fact that you can buy a game for fifty quid and spend put three hundred hours into it. I think kind of says says it all, really. Okay. Um, I I will give it a fairer marking. Um, I'm uh. going to give it a four. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's worse than average. It, oh my I, I was, Look, I'm going to say it's not a it's not a friendly first time. Let's play the game kind of game. Play the uh, tutorial then, scrub. Jeez. I mean, I just got told, to, don't worry, come in an online game. I'll teach you how to play it. Don't worry. Uh, six to eight hours later going, what the f- am I doing? I'm still trying to work out where rocks are. Um, look, it, it, it's not a bad game. I enjoy the social setting. I wouldn't play this game unless I was playing it with other people. And for me, that's a huge area. So, yeah, it's a fall from me. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I... You know, we've we've heard from someone who knows what they're doing, someone who's a massive noob. So let's hear from someone who's kind of in the middle and uh, you know is going to give you a fair score, uh, more fair than uh, you know old uh, Tristan here <laughs> can't read a wiki. So I think um, I, I think the game in itself modernised civilization. Some would say Civ Five is better. Um, obviously they're wrong. So <laughs> I think there's a fair point there. Now this could be the first time that uh, Tristan and I have actually given a score that's fairly close to each other uh, because, um, you know, you know, some people can play games, some people can't, and that's the way it works. So I, I think ultimately, you know, when you play for a hundred over 100 hours, uh, like Joe here, you're obviously going to enjoy the game more. And I think, you know, I don't know how many hours Tristan has, let's say 8 15. or 10. 15. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, 15. But that's, 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 not bad. Very, that's a lot less than Joe. It's, it's about 10% of what Joe, I think, Joe said he had. So, obviously, I think that plays a factor into it. And obviously, the more practice you get on a strategy game, the better you get. So, I, I think that, yeah. that's obviously fair to take into consideration. But it did modernize the uh, gameplay. Um, it did uh, obviously take stuff away, but we explained that. But, uh, but actually, I think on a strategy point of view, it, it's a lot of fun to play against friends. I wouldn't play it in like a public lobby. That would be silly. Like, I wouldn't do that. You know, and I would really like to play a game with like eight people. I think it'd be a lot of fun. 
um, actually trying to destroy each other and take each other out. That'd be good fun. So I think it has a lot of um, viability. You know, where they go next with the Civilization series is going to be interesting. But ultimately, end of the day, I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10. Oh. So I think they're going to go for Civ 7 as the next one, by the way. Um, just in terms of scoring, that Wonder gives... Too. Yeah, true. Um, that gives <laughs> Civilization, um, apparently the better version, um, a 5. Which actually is still quite good, bearing in yeah, mind, as I... we said, 5.5 .5 was still good. 5 is also pretty pretty good as well. Um, what does that... Let's have a look what that match is. So still better than uh, Uncharted. I mean, <laughs> of course, uh, one of the worst series ever made. Um, better than <laughs> Half-Life 1, uh, in line with Halo, the original Halo. Um, and funny enough, it seems to be better or equal to all the Zelda games we've spoken about on this, this podcast. So doing pretty well there. I can live with that. Yep. It's still better than uh, Mass Effect 2, so that's a win. Anyway, uh, moving on. Stop, <laughs> stop ruining games that I love. <laughs> um, speaking of games you love, uh, the next video game we're going to talk about is The Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Let's give it a watch. So that was the trailer to The Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Uh, thoughts on the trailer? Uh, in terms of trailers, it's actually quite... And I love this game uh, because this apparently is Joe's very special episode because I love all the games on it. <laughs> Call of Duty 4, I could, it's great, but you know. But anyway, um, I think it was actually quite lackluster. It just was basically the intro movie uh, that you get, uh, the intro cutscene when you start the game up. And it, um, it just shows in-engine footage of you seeing the world, which, you know, it's a bit lackluster if I'm completely honest. Um, so yeah, a bit disappointing if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I think the trailer is uh, obviously, you know, it has it has what we well we've all played Oblivion. Obviously, the game is better than the trailer. I think we're going to agree with that. Like, oh, 100%. the game itself is is effortless in what it does for the what the trailer shows, and obviously, just the wide you can never show everything in an Elder Scrolls game of what you're doing. Like it's impossible. There's just so much to do. Like, it doesn't even mention the best bits of the game in the trailer, which is obviously the Dark Brotherhood. So, yeah. Or, or everyone's favourite, the Mages Guild. So, obviously, <laughs> um, you know, the trailer is going to be a bit lacklustre for what we know of the game. But for the for the time it came out, which I think was 2004? Four, yeah, 2005. Yeah. So, um, no, it was 2005, yeah. So, I think I think um, when it was debuted, I think that's, that's where we're at. So, I, I think trailer does it gets you into it if it was an rpg game at the time that's what you want it gets you into the story you know what you're gonna get into for definitely yeah no exactly thoughts on the gameplay right we well go. i mean you know naturally in life sometimes you know you wake up and some guy comes up to you and he says, you know, you sound, you sleep rather soundly for a murderer. That's good. You need a clear conscience for what I'm about to propose. You know, like that kind of stuff happens. You know, random people walk up to you and go, oh, here's this. I'm a courier. And then they run off like to oblivion. <laughs> I don't know. And then, you know, like they come stop you violated the law. The game is effortless in, uh, as I said, in its its uh, its script. Um, you know, the voice acting, you know, is about like two voice actors. Uh, so they paid really well there um but the the stuff you can do just 
even if the game is honestly a broken mess, which is every Bethesda <laughs> game, it is still fun in every sense of the word. And I, I would even argue that if, you know, you take obviously the changes in engine and technology into account, Oblivion is better than Skyrim. Preach. 100%. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I want to be hero of Kavach, not the Dragonborn, okay? That's what I want with my life. I mean, in terms of the story, like, and the guilds, both the story and the guilds were phenomenal. The story was fun, interesting, you were invested, you felt the stakes the whole way through, which I don't think Skyrim pulled off as much you felt like there was a reason for you to be doing all the things you were doing um all of the guilds except the mages guild that falls a bit short uh, uh at least guild, at the maybe at least maybe. at the yeah because that's a lot of those missions at the start felt very go here do this go here do this and then once you get further into those guilds that's when it opens up which yeah. is a bit meh um dark brotherhood obviously fantastic as is the thieves guild um and I think personally, I think this game opened up role-playing games to a lot of people. Like a lot of people probably wouldn't touch a role-playing game, but saw how popular this caught on and saw how well this was doing and got invested, got interested in it. Because I know I hadn't really played a proper RPG like this before I played this game. Uh, or at least I don't think so. Or maybe I wouldn't have looked twice at most of them. But I played this and was like, I want another game like this where I just get sucked in create an awesome character create or a weird character for that matter most of the time that looks like a potato and then go save the world like that's what or go mess about go break the game play all the bugs and resist the rest and fight everyone like it was just it was that game that you could just do whatever you really did feel like you could do whatever you want um which is a big deal yeah no exactly i think this is a lot more has a lot better fundamentals than um, Skyrim, so the fact that the uh, Black Hand or the Dark the Dark Brotherhood um, yeah. has absolutely great storyline. You actually get to go around assassinating people rather than in Skyrim. You kind of go around just stabbing people and vanish off. You get the Blade of Woe right at the start, yeah. which is such a cool weapon because it's black and it's gold. And you're like, "Whoa, this is pretty cool." Uh, Thieves goes really strong. Can we just talk about the arena for like two seconds and how well? Oh my that god! Was done? How did I forget the arena? Fuck. Where you where so you good. where you get to the final bit and then the champion goes, "Could you actually just kill me? Because I really hate my life as it is. Just go for it." Like that was just such a good twist and all that sort of stuff. It was just such a well created game. I think if they had Oblivion's fundamentals and basis uh, with the adoring fan with Skyrim's <laughs> graphics, you would have had like the game of the year hands down, but unfortunately Todd Howard doesn't enjoy happiness. So there we are. I mean, there's a reason why, and I think we mentioned this during the Skyrim review, why people are remaking the entire game in Skyrim as a mod, because people love this game and they yeah. would like if they release an official remaster of it, people will probably pick it up, but not if there's this really I mean I've seen some of the mods. Hey, it looks absolutely fantastic um there was just and it also just didn't take itself seriously all the time and i think like that was quite important and skyrim lost a bit of that charm i think although yes there was bugs and the game was a bit of a broken mess at times there was the game also had moments where it just didn't take itself seriously and sent you on these really bizarre quests um 
like one of the early fighter skills quests you're sent in to go help uh, a lady who's got rats in her basement you go in there kill all the rats and you find out that um the rats weren't the problem and she calls the rats her babies and you're just like oh you've got to try and work your way out of it like oh it just it had so much charm i think to it i mean i'm gonna argue the best quest is the one where you go into the painting land to go save the woman's husband oh my god that just as an idea like is just like good and yeah like yeah i mean also let's let's not forget uh forget that oblivion had the best uh dlc that's ever been created poor summer so obviously that's really important as well um (laughs) obviously i'm talking (laughs) shimmering isles uh shimmering isles obviously is a fantastic um dlc for the game you look at Fallout 3, which came out two years later, you know, like, the GLC in Fallout 3 was really good, so was it in New Year's, uh, in New Vegas. Ultimately, Oblivion set the path for that with Knights of Nine, then Shimmering Isles. Knights of Nine also is a fairly good DLC for what it is, I yeah. think. You know, it doesn't add a lot of content, and it's it's the same kind of land, but it adds a new story, um, and, you know, it, it set the path for the future of Bethesda in their DLC. So, and actually you could argue in a lot of games bethesda games dlc is better you can say that about fallout 4 100 percent the dlc um of this first exp- uh, for the first one which i can't remember what it is called now but the one where you go to the island um that obviously is much better than the base game everyone's forgotten it now because no one oh, almost fallout said 4. point lookout but that was yeah, fallout no, 3 fallout New Vegas. <laughs> um yeah no so so everyone's gonna want to know what that is now uh obviously far harbor is what i'm talking about so yeah nuka world in its area was good it was a terrible dlc for actually content but it was a good area but the world building um oblivion set forward with that and and so we've got to be grateful for that definitely 100 percent just so many memorable moments and thieves guild dark brotherhood great kind of offsets for the for the game to be honest the main quest in Oblivion is even better than Skyrim. You know, like, it, it is just much better going to the Oblivion worlds um, to get the Daedric Stones. It, I Yeah, it's all really good. The dungeons are not bad. Obviously, the dungeons are a bit more set-piece than they are in Skyrim. Uh, but obviously, that's just the way the game's made because there's so many different dungeons. You're going to notice a lot of similarities. But, yeah, arguably the best Elder Scroll games. Obviously, some people might say Morrowind, but it just doesn't hold up with Oblivion. You know, Morrowind, um, Morrowind is a lot older. It doesn't hold up with the actual technology that Oblivion has, and uh, that's just one of the issues, obviously. But obviously, they're trying to bring Morrowind back to uh, the Skyrim engine as well, let's not forget. Um, so, with Morrowind. So, that should be a good mod as well to try out. But obviously, we are all waiting for uh, our trip back to oblivion in the skyrim engine for sure i thought you can talk about yeah. skyrim forever there um but yeah i i also just want to say in regards to like get like the shivering isles as a dlc like that could be a full game like nowadays someone would release that as a full game and be like my work is done that was that had that was so different from the base game in terms of the atmosphere the characters like you know you're working for the daedric god of madness which was just hilarious most of the time they put little easter eggs in like if you hit him he teleported you like a thousand feet above the ground and you fell onto a pile of dead bodies it was just bizarre uh it was just fantastic um yeah i yeah um the fact that 
people still play this game, mod this game, and are putting it into other things speaks speaks volumes, I think. Cool. And the music and the general theme of this game was better than Skyrim. I'm just going to put that out there. I think it was that theme. Back is to Skyrim so again. Back to Skyrim again. It's the only <sighs> comparison, really. I don't. There is no game like the Elder Scrolls. That's the issue. No. It's really hard to compare it. Um, and so this is this is what we're gonna go off. But this, this which is why everyone wants the Elder Scrolls Six, even though we're we're like six years off that from now anyway. So, who knows? So on that final note, um, scores for the game, Joe. I'm going first again. Yes. <sighs> or I can go first. Um, I will give Skyrim. No, not Skyrim. Oblivion. <laughs> um, I'll give it a five. What? What? So, <laughs> uh, look, I, I think for me, it was good for the time. I enjoyed playing it. Um, it was a little bit buggy in some places and some bits. Um, I didn't find the story too interesting for the main quest. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I wouldn't go back and play it, unfortunately. I'm very sad to say. Uh, so, yeah, right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quietly exit from that point joe well you don't play games to completion so <laughs> i can't take what you're saying as uh valid feedback for starters the daedric gates were amazing and kind of randomly generated which was just really fantastic at the time or at least it, they always felt completely different oh, oh my god anyway elder scrolls oblivion i can't give it a 10 out of 10 i won't do it don't worry guys i can see everyone squirming this will not be the first 10 out of 10 that comes out but I can't not give it a nine. I think this game's fantastic. I think it's brilliant. Uh, it, it's the only things it draws back on is that the game can be a little buggy and the gameplay doesn't quite hold up today, but that's not really fair because this game came out in 2004. So I can't really hold that against it. Blood tick. You know what? I'm going to make up for the sheer incompetence on this podcast. I'm giving yes. it a six. Yeah! I don't care. Uh, Tristan doesn't know games, right? I'm telling you, <laughs> there are no good games, but Oblivion is better. You were nearly gonna, you, had a, you gave it a lower rating than you gave Skyrim. Unbelievable. That is ridiculous. Unbelievable. Right, next, next episode of the podcast, you may notice Lost Hope absent. I'm just going to I'm put actually that out there. fuming right now. I'm completely <laughs> fucking fuming. I'm not joking. Like, <laughs> how can you give it a five? Like, what look I, I i didn't enjoy the main storyline i really enjoyed the dark brotherhood the arena and the thieves guild um yeah i really enjoyed the dark brotherhood the arena and the thieves guild that was kind of it unfortunately i didn't really like the main storyline i'm not gonna lie to you either or just, oh, i'm having God. a bad time remembering it i did play it on pc i remember playing it for a while but i just can't remember anything that's standoutish i'm not gonna lie Tune in to Lost Hope stream this week as he plays Oblivion for the first time, clearly. <laughs> the amount of times I sold this game to rebuy it a few months later. By the way, that was the only that was the only way I could afford to buy new games. I had to sell my old ones. It's the amount of times I sold this game and then went, I want to play Oblivion again. And then went out and bought it. So I have a copy sitting there that... Uh, um, AO really bought me a couple of years ago that I pick up and play every now and again on the Xbox One. Like, oh, it's fantastic. I'm, s 
I'm flabbergasted that you gave it such a low rating. That's, this is the that's... worst podcast I've ever been on. I'm actually distraught <laughs> from this. I'm not joking. Lost Hope plays Oblivion, a modded Oblivion, right? I will tune in for the whole stream. I will make you mod it to the best it can be, and I will watch it all the way through, okay? That's what you're doing next yeah. week. I'm there. I'll be gifting subs and everything yeah. if you do it. I, I, we will, we will be with you the whole way. You've got to do it. Okay, fri Friday, Easter weekend, everyone. Uh, we'll play through it. This probably just make sure that Friday, Easter weekends after this podcast drops because otherwise it it's is. Don't worry. Oh, it it's is. Don't, it is. Don't worry. <laughs> Breaking fourth wall. It's fine. I've checked it. Yes. Anyway. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, yeah, following on from what's in tie oh sorry you need to actually decide what the final score is sorry um so the <laughs> yeah, final score is this is actually the highest no second highest score ever under little big planet with a 6.5 oh thank you ollie thank you i for coming in and saying i'm i'm uh i can't believe it actually you know what i'm so angry we're gonna look at games <laughs> that have already been released and we're going to pretend that they haven't been. So, uh, segueing <laughs> into our uh, new upcoming game releases. Obviously, uh, we're looking at games released between the 29th of March and the 4th of April. I nearly forgot what came after March there. I was like, what, what month was after that? Uh, so yeah, so let's, let's begin. So we got the first one up. Uh, we have, um, Disco Elysium, the final cut. Obviously, you can't start with a completely new game. But the final cut. But that comes out on PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4. I'm not going to say Google Stadia. That's stupid. PC. So, um, we got those three. That's coming out March 30th. Obviously, Disco Elysium. A very popular RPG, which I've had on my uh, wish list for a while. But people only seem to buy me uh, eSports simulator games instead. Uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to playing with uh, Lost Hope on stream at some point as well. Yep. So anyway, Disco Elysium, a very popular RPG. Definitely one of the ones on the play when it's on sale. Uh, I'm definitely going to pick that up on Steam and have a go. Um, it's a top-down RPG, but the final cut, I'm guessing, has all the extra uh, DLC, etc. added to it. So that comes out uh, on the 30th. We then go to Evil Geniuses 2 World Domination coming on PC. A new game, finally, we've got there. Um, that comes out on March 30th, as I said, on PC. Uh, it's a simulation game uh, where you basically play a bad guy. Lost Hope, I think you know a bit more maybe about this game. Yeah, so I think they did like the original. It's it's a classic like base building kind of management game. So if you played uh, like Two Parks Hospital and all that sort of stuff, it's the same sort of idea you pick your villain um you basically go around it's a bit like dungeon master or camera the old game used to be but you basically go around being a villain uh making demands and hiring goons and stuff like that to try and rule and dislike the world so that's kind of it in a nutshell should be quite fun if you're into base building and tactics as well good 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 then also uh one of the again not a new game or games the Kingdom Hearts series is coming to PC on the 30th of March. Uh, so just go through that. That's Kingdom Hearts 1.5 Remix, 2.5 Remix, 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, Kingdom Hearts 3, Kingdom Hearts 3 Remind, and Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. So you can get all of those up on PC. Um, oh, boy. I mean, you know, I haven't played a Kingdom oh. Hearts game before. 
so you know like it does it does like maybe this is an opportunity it's coming to pc um we'll see what platform in terms of it lands on i'm not sure whether it's coming to steam or it's coming to epic games actually um that's one i think it i think it's epic games honestly yeah classic anyway well that's i guess that's just the way it is i can't see it on steam so okay you have to go on epic games um that's un that's unfortunate yeah uh then uh following on uh we have uh drifters a game playstation 4 xbox one and pc uh it's I don't actually know. It says number of players 10, so I'm guessing it's some sort of multiplayer game. Um, I loot. So, Drifters loot the galaxy, delivers manic, drift pack fueled aerial and ground combat in the most exhilarating team based shooter ever created. Coming to early access April 15th. What the? Why? <laughs> so, it's <laughs> like a, got another it's game like that's not coming out. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Go. Funny. Anyway, we will have a game that is coming out. Outriders coming April first to PlayStation Five, Xbox Ooh. Series X, S, PlayStation Four, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, that game is a shooter game. Uh, I know a lot of people are kind of looking forward to it. Not really what I'm looking for as a competitive FPS player, but um, it does look like it's got a bit of fun to it. People who liked maybe Titanfall. Maybe we'll like something like this game, although it's not obviously mechs. It's still got the same kind of uh, similar kind of mechanical-based shooting, basically, to go with it. Yeah, it, it's I, it's it's the anthem killer that everyone's been waiting for, honestly. The anthem I, killer? Well, someone well, sneezes on it. Yeah, it's like, not a killer, is it? <laughs> I, I think my favourite review of this game is it's anthem with content. I think it's the best thing someone, I've heard someone say about this game. Um, it does look quite interesting. It's dropping on Game Pass day one which i think is fantastic uh so i will be picking it up myself i think lost hope may do as well free player co-op rpg first rpg over the shoulder shooter game yeah. with like magic powers i mean sounds good to me it's an anthem killer <laughs> anthem killer. you can't kill what's already dead really. <laughs> and that then uh well that game yeah i guess finally a new game but that rounds uh off the new games for the week of the podcast so uh, if you feel like picking up any of those, then obviously look uh, for the platform, as we said, for which one you want to buy it on. Steam, Epic Games, um, there's obviously a mix of all those between the games, but definitely check them out. Yeah. And from everyone at the podcast, guys, um, have a great rest of your week. Remember to stay digital, keep lunging, and we will see you next week. Goodbye from me. Catch you on the next one. See you later. Bye-bye.